Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here, you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray that you are inspired by their teachings. Oh boy, give them a hand. Man, looking at this set, aren't you excited for our kids to have the best week this week? Thank you so much to so many of you who have volunteered to make this happen. It is so exciting. And you know, I was just listening to Pastor Yashua, and you can just tell he's a new pastor. (laughs) He said, you know, the right way things of, hey, I really wanted to run through there, but I asked permission, they said no. (laughs) Uh, That's the right way to do things, Pastor Yashua. Pastor Dale and David aren't here today. You run right through there till your heart's desire, buddy. So excited for the security footage of that. All right. Well, my name is Pastor John, and I'm thrilled to be here with you today, sharing and starting a new series as we are going to get into all things summer, our summer hours. This is going to be our summer series, and we are going to be sharing together in what is one of the biggest hot-button topics in the church. And last week, it was kind of cool. I, I noticed that we started the service with this timeline and really a pretty cool uh, discussion on how the church's music has changed and evolved throughout the years, stylistically and singing. And I'm grateful because of that, because I never would have been allowed to sing based off my inabilities in that area. And thankfully, it has gotten to this point now where we have instruments and distance between us. You can't tell how bad it is when I sing. But I thought it was super cool last week. We had that moment together. And so I asked our talented worship team, we're going to now be focusing on the future. And we're going to be studying a series in the book of Revelation our hot button topic, and I thought many, many times for many years, great theologians in the way of musicians have written down songs about the future, and we've enjoyed them. And so to start today, I thought we'd enjoy a little exercise. Here are a few different songs. Tell me if you can recognize these songs about the future. stars I'm ever going to get. Thank you for just letting your hair out and having a good time. That was what song do we know? End of the world as we know it. Very good. Fantastic. Somebody held on to that record. That was awesome. That was cool. All right. See if you can catch this one. Here we go.
to wear purple for that song. Do you know what song that is there? 1999 by Prince. You guys know your music. All right, here we go. Here's one more final song. See if you know this. This one's going to get me pumped up. Here we go. worship team. That song, of course, is Final Countdown. Man, in this time of summer baseball and walk-up songs and pitchers coming out of the bullpen, which I love, Final Countdown may just been my bullpen song. Oh, that is so good, right? Thank you guys for being a part of that. Thanks for having some fun with me this morning, and thank you for connecting with us on what the future may be. And some of you are already saying, Pastor, if I'm starting the final countdown to the end of your message, let's get moving. All right, let's get into it here today. Let's get into it. You know, they polled the church a few years ago, and they asked all the congregants, what is one topic you would love your pastor to talk about? And the number one thing they said, the number one book they wanted their pastor to preach out of was the book of Revelation. And then they polled the same pastors of the same congregations and said, what is the number one book you do not want to preach out of? And it was Revelation. Interestingly enough, we want to be your pastors. We want to be a full 66 book preaching church. And so this summer, we're going to dig into the book of Revelations together. But how many, yeah, praise the Lord. Let's get into that. That's a blessing. And it tells us we will be blessed when we look in and read aloud the truths found to prepare us for the future. All of us have a desire to know the future, don't we? I'm thinking here we are in graduation season. All of these students wanting to plan out their classes, wouldn't they love to know what their occupation is going to be, what classes they should take so that were going to actually help them for their career? Wouldn't it be helpful to know what specifically to sign up for? I thought of another time. It's wedding season, right? It's wedding season. Man, Think of the amount of time, money, and headache it would be if you knew who your spouse was up front. (laughs) Goodness, wouldn't that help to know the future? You may still have to convince them a lot that you know the future, but it sure would save some time, money, and headache, right? If you knew your future spouse. Or how about this? Retirement. How long are you going to live? how much money you have to have saved. And you better not outlive your money or you're gonna be coming out of retirement. (laughs) Wouldn't it help us to know the future? Well, let me tell you something. The Bible has this book written and has portions of it called prophecy where God desires for us to know the future. 
He desires for us to know truths about what is going to come our way. And he has a plan in place. And one of the great things that makes him a wonderful God, a loving, caring God, is that he desires for us to know those truths. And so, just as you know the songs of the future, I want to ask how well do you know the words found in God's word? How well do you know the truths? If they were played out in front of you, can we identify them? I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Time and time again, we things, see things that happen in the world around us, and we think, oh, that's what the Bible talked about. That's what's supposed to happen. Or that was predicted in the Bible. That's something that was prophesied in the Bible. And the truth is, we hear that all the time, don't we? And we think we recognize it just as well as we can recognize those three songs. And so in this series, we're going to be focusing in on part of the book that reveals what's called seven deadly spirits. Things that exist in the time that the author was writing this book that still exist and that we should identify together. So let's get started in Revelation chapter one, verse one. Will you stand for me for the first three verses? This is what the context of this book says, that there is a blessing when this is read aloud together. So I want you to read this with me. It'll come up on the screen, three verses, Revelation chapter one, starting at verse one, it says, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written in it. Because the time is near. You may be seated. Well, there you saw it. There's some deep biblical truths there. And, and I feel as John wrote this book, my role is to be the one to impart some very deep biblical truths to you today to reveal this to you. And the first one I want to say is, as your pastor, please, if you take anything else, don't miss this. Are you ready? Get out a pen. Type this down in your notes. This is what you're going to share on your social media after service. The first biblical truth is the book is called Revelation, not Revelations. <laughs> Write that down. Let's be a smart church. Eliminate the S. Are you ready? If somebody comes up to you, I was reading the book of Revelations, you say, oh, you don't go to the S. <laughs> we know. Now, for sure, it is Revelation. Here are the things that I want you to grasp as we go into this book. And there are many things that are highlighted, many different signs, symbols, and things to be recognized. But I want you to know it's revelation. It was one revelation given to one man about the future from God himself. 
We find in chapter one, Jesus is the one that reveals himself to John in a glorified state. How awesome that must have been for John who had a relationship with Jesus on earth, had his faith in Jesus, and in the midst of having faith in Jesus, finds himself in a place where he is alone and isolated, and Jesus shows up in his glorified state and allows him to see a vision in what Revelation describes as an open door into the heavens. And oftentimes, our desire to know the future comes out of the uncertainty of the unknown. And out of the uncertainty can come worry and fear. And so the first thing I wanna say up front to you is not just, here's the name of the book, but the next takeaway is this. God reveals this to John and has him write it down. He specifically instructs him to write it down and share it out because God does not desire you to fear the future. God does not desire you to be overwhelmed with worry about what is to come. And God's intention for us is to know the truth in this book. He does not desire for us to have a secret code to decipher. He did not put a hidden mystery or text deep within or to couple this up with another book and reveal all this incredible knowledge. No, God desires for you to know the future and not live in fear. And then I want you to know that it is a blessing to study this book. You are blessed when you read and you prepare yourself for what this book reveals to us. And so that's where we're getting started today. Over the next nine weeks, we're gonna look at this together. But let me tell you a little bit about this author, John. John obviously was a close friend of Jesus and he is currently in chains. He's arrested. He's on the island of Patmos, which is off the shores of Turkey. Currently, it's, it's being held uh, by Greek and, and I've got a picture here of what it looks like present day. And interestingly enough, in my search, they had this castle. Now you see the beautiful white buildings there of Greek influence, but then there's this castle and just made me think. It's rather interesting that here is John now most likely in his 90s, has spent his entire life as a young man serving, following Jesus, being close with him, and then now fulfilling his ministry after Jesus ascended and left the earth. And in this place, John finds himself being persecuted for his faith. John finds himself being isolated because of his faith. John finds himself being bound and held back from sharing with others face to face. But in that moment, I think it's really cool that Jesus shows up and finds John and reveals himself to John in his glorified state. And some of you may have shown up today thinking we're gonna talk about a book of the future and I can't tell you what my future looks like, Pastor. I can't tell you where I'm headed. I feel lost, I feel alone, I feel isolated, I feel bound by the decisions of my past, addictions, things I can't overcome. I feel like I am in a place the Lord can never reach me and I wanna tell you, you may just be in the exact place that God desires to reveal himself to you today. That God still has a plan for you today 
that he knows where you're at and he has not forgotten about you today. God may have called some of you to a place of ministry where you feel like you are the only one who holds to the belief in Jesus Christ. God may have positioned some of you watching online today to be in a place where you feel isolated and alone. God has called you to be there to write down the things and share the testimony of Jesus, but you feel too isolated or individualized. You don't think that there is a way forward, and I want to tell you, you may just be where God is positioning you to reveal the truth of his identity and the future plans he has to reunite with his people. Don't lose hope. Don't be fearful. Don't be consumed with worry. God has not forgotten you, and he's not forgotten us. And in the midst of this persecution, God shows up and reveals to John a glimpse of what is to come. And so I want to talk to you about that today. I want to talk to you about what it was like for John to have this vision and how he is trying to write down things that he had never seen before. He's trying to scribe illustrations and stories with detail about things that are to come. And what obviously he is describing would not have made sense to his readers either. He's starting to describe these beasts with many wings and these wars that are taking place, this persecution and suffering that we find throughout the book. John is describing that from a place that he has not experienced it before. Does that make sense? And so he's trying to tell them about future things based off his limited life experiences. And so the challenge is, as we read this book, we can desire to take it literal in all that is said and spoken, but the truth is there are things in this book that we still yet don't understand because it's in the future. Now, we may have a better understanding because... Hundreds of years have passed now, and it may make a whole lot more sense to see how this could play out. But there's still things that have happened or are going to happen that John's describing so that his readers understand. I heard a story one time of a pastor who was sharing this same idea to his congregation, and he said, for example, many of you know, it says in the book that Jesus will come in riding on a what? White horse, very good. And what was the figure, the idea of a white horse? Well, in this time, a white horse would have been the symbol of a leader, a powerful person riding in on an individual mechanism of a horse, a powerful one person, imperialistic Roman signifying triumph, power over all that were there and all the attention would have been there. And the pastor said, I started to think about this and maybe what Jesus was riding in was this one person, individual, all white dirt bike. (laughs) And he showed this picture. And out of the back of the congregation stands up this man in a full leather jacket 
he straps his arms together and he yells, that's not true. Pastor froze, paused, gleaned his eyes to the back of the room and he said, I'm sorry, what do you mean? The man in the back of the room said, Pastor, is Jesus not the most high and exalted? The pastor said, well, yes. And the man interrupts him. He goes, is he not the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last? In Revelation chapter 1, Jesus describes himself as the Alpha and Omega. And so the pastor says, well, surely he is. We understand that Jesus is the first, and he'll return victorious. And the biker said, well, then you need to correct your picture. The pastor looked back at him again. He said, my Jesus wouldn't be on a dirt bike. He'd be on a best of the best Harley Davidson. (laughs) He shared this picture with that pastor later that week. The details of whether it's a horse or a Harley are minute to the fact that who shows up victorious? Who is the one that is triumphant and reveals himself and it's Jesus? He is the one that rides in. And so as we get into the book of Revelation, I want us to stay focused on the truths that are there and recognize John's role as the author in revealing this to us. You know, one of the biggest harms I think our people in church history we have done is try to manipulate and decipher and really twist and turn prophetic text. We've seen, whether in an attempt to sell movies or books, time and time again, these predictions on the end of the world and the biblical language or the biblical numbers add up to this and it's proven or some ancient Indonesian people's calendar found on a wall that spins in ways we've never seen before. I don't know. One of the goofiest things we do is we try to just make stuff up. And you can make the Bible say just about anything you want if you tear it apart. If you don't keep it in context to what was written It's full of symbols, signs, and numbers, but I wanna tell you that one of the disservices we've done that's proven to bring disbelief within our own congregations is when we twist and manipulate what God has said. And we think that we know what is happening. A great example of this happened in 1870. There was a minister who went and visited his friend who was a college president both very intellectual minds. And the minister goes to his college president and he says, listen, I believe the Bible tells us that no new invention will ever come to be that has already been invented right now. This is in 1870. Think of how ridiculous that sounds. For those of you watching online right now, on a phone or an iPad or a screen of any kind. 
No new invention would ever be created or formed. In 1870, that was the cutoff. And this minister said, I believe the Bible tells us no new invention is ever going to happen. And the college president said, I think that is so outlandish and wrong. He said, in fact, I think in the next 50 years, men will soar in the sky like birds. And the minister stopped him right there. He said, don't speak blasphemy. Man was not ever intended to fly. That's reserved for the angels and the birds and the bugs. What's incredible about that story in 1870 is the minister's name was, let me get this correct, Milton Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. Milton Wright, who said no new invention would ever come after 1870, said it was blasphemous for men to be in the air had two sons named Orville and Wilbur. (laughs) And his friend that he told this to, that no new truth would happen because the Bible said it wouldn't happen. And 30 years later, his own sons out of Dayton, Ohio in a bike shop take an airplane to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina and put themselves in the air. We've heard time and time again what is right and what is wrong. And Milton Wright was wrong. (laughs) And you can remember that the next time you fly. That there are some topics this book of Revelation does not point to. It does not point to some of the grandiose things of flight or time travel or things like that. Stay focused on the truth is my challenge to you as we get into this book. We're gonna see seven deadly spirits that are associated with seven different cities throughout Asia, and John was gonna write to them. Throughout the book, we're gonna be traveling through, and we're gonna see some of the more difficult things in our society. We're gonna highlight some of the biggest challenges that these cities had that we still can find present in our culture today. And I wanna remind you, as we dig into these things, do not get despair. Remember chapters 19 through 21, that Jesus wins in the end, that he is exalted in the end. And ultimately, as we dig into this book, remember a few things. First off, the biggest loser at the end of the book of Revelation is Satan, the enemy of God. He is the one that suffers the most. He's the one that is banished for eternity, and he does not come out on top. The next thing I want you to know is the Lord ultimately has a desire to reunite us with him. And we must go through the things that are described so that we can be reunited and one with him. And God had an an idea of what that was going to take, what that plan looked like from the beginning of Genesis. And his desire to restore the relationship between ourselves and him is what is being described play out. And the last thing I wanna remind you is that God, through it all, through the suffering, the wars, the challenges that we find in the book of Revelation, he is in control. He specifically sits on the throne the entire time. There is not one circumstance or situation 
one issue that makes him flinch, makes him get up out of his seat, stand up, look down, oh no, what's happening? Not even tap his fingers. He is seated in a position of power and control through the entire book. He is unfazed and unmoved. That's whose side we're on. And it made me think for you today, you needed to be reminded of that. You need to be here for this series as we walk through this in this summertime together. But I've got three things that are gonna pop up for you, and this may be your takeaway today. Number one, God has a plan. God has a plan from the beginning, and he has a plan for now, and he has a plan for the future. Number two is God has revealed his plan. He is showing it to us through this book. Through our studies, my hope is that you get a better grasp of what God's plan is. And number three is this, that God has you at the center of his plan. God desires for you to be reunited with him. Some of you today may have shown up and felt like your life's out of control. The direction or future of your life is not anywhere you wanna go. Some of you may have questions about what's next in your life. Things have gone well up to this point, but you're not sure what the future looks like or what direction you should head or which way you should turn. I'm excited to tell you that God has a plan for your life. And even more excited to tell you God has a plan for the life of our church. And we're gonna go through this summer series and lead into the fall where we get to share where God is leading us as a church, where he's taking us, what he has in store for us, and how until he returns again someday, we've got work to do together to make him known and reveal him to the people that he has surrounded us with. Will you stand with me this morning? Some of you say, may say, Pastor, I would love to know what God's plan is for my life. I would love to know that I don't have to wake up in fear or uncertainty of is that paycheck going to land in my account? To be consumed with the thoughts of my next doctor's appointments what your future holds for the loved ones that you have. Some of you today need to press into the Lord and ask for his peace and comfort that comes from being in relationship with him. If you've not given your life to the Lord, if you are not preparing yourself for the future of eternity with him, I want you to have that opportunity today. If that's you, I want you to pray this with me. Everyone, let's bow our heads together. If that's you online, you can pray this along with us or click the button that says, I said yes. But let's pray this this morning. Dear Jesus, I recognize your desire to have a relationship with me and that you have a plan for my life. Lord, I trust that you know what's best for me 
And so now I want to give my life to you. I want to ask that you will be the Lord and Savior of my life. That you'll forgive me of the sins of my past when I tried to do things on my own. And you will guide and direct my steps from this point forward. That I will honor you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for the people who are in this room who have heavy hearts, minds consumed and thoughts full of what the future holds. God, may they hold on to even the truths that we reveal today that through this book you tell us you desire for us to know what is ahead, but even more so you desire to remind us that you are still in control. No matter what we're facing in this time, this week, right now, no matter what comes our way this summer, God, that you are still in control. You are not phased and move off of your throne. And God, you are still looking out for us, working for the good of those who love you, as scripture says. God, I pray some encouragement will be received today the blessing of listening to the book of Revelation read aloud will be received today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, let's do this before we go here today. Let's put your hands out here. If you prayed that prayer today, we've got a gift for you. We've got a Bible. It includes all 66 books. We didn't discount it. We want you to get to know God's word. This is how you hear his voice is when you dig into God's word. That was the intention is this was written for you. And so we want to encourage you to grab one of these today. You can do that at the rock wall in the lobby on the way out. We've got people there that'll greet you and give you this gift. And so I want to give you a blessing before we go today. Are you ready? Some of you already know the posture we like to take. Receive a gift. May the same God who desired to reveal himself to John, reveal himself to you this week. May the same God who met John in his lowest moment meet you this week, and may you know the path that God has for your life, a future where he is leading you into eternity. Go and be blessed, church. We love you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.